0: I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million-dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I've endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people. So get ready to be inspired. Today, I'm chatting with Colton Underwood, so you probably know him as the star of ABC's The Bachelor, but what you might not know is that he's actually a dedicated philanthropist and he runs an entire foundation across the country. The Colton Underwood Legacy Foundation supports the cystic fibrosis community directly across the United States, so Colton and I have a connection due to both of our involvement in the CF community. For those of you who don't know, both my siblings were born with CF, and CF is a terminal genetic disease that fills your lungs with sticky mucus and ultimately destroys them. Now, what I love about Colton is that he used his new fame and platform to fuel and grow his charity and mission. And I do have to say that this episode might just be the most shocking rose ceremony yet. Hi, Colton. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited.
0: Me too. So now I wasn't familiar with who you were, but I kept getting people actually reach out to me and, you know, request that I have you on or, you know, message me asking if I knew who you were because of our connection through cystic fibrosis. But for those who also aren't familiar with you, just tell us a bit about who you are.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Indiana and Illinois. So I'm a Midwestern guy. I played football my whole entire life for about 17 years. played three years in the NFL on practice squads on three different teams and shortly really realized I wasn't happy doing that. I had a shoulder injury that I sort of took as a God sign to walk away and be done. And then what people probably recognize me from is I went on to do three shows on the Bachelor franchise on ABC. So that's sort of a little quick synopsis of who I am. The other part that not a lot of people get to see, or maybe they do if they follow me on social media, is I run a nonprofit for cystic fibrosis because my little cousin Harper was diagnosed with it at birth. And being from a small town in central Illinois, I opened up this little charity that originally I thought was only going to support the Children's Hospital of Illinois and the CF Clinic. But after going on the show and having national eyeballs, we grew really fast and launched a few national programs. And Wow. I'm super excited and super passionate about, you know, helping everyone with CF.
0: Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. So how old's your cousin now? Uh, She's eight. Oh, so she's just little.
1: She's little, yes. She hasn't been approved yet for the new Trikafta drugs, but she's been on the Oracombi. That one didn't treat her too well, but she's been doing okay. She's been doing good. So her parents are very supportive. My whole family is, and make sure she's staying on top of everything.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the new drug that they launched, Trikafta, is phenomenal, and we're... We're having big issues yep. here in Canada because the government isn't giving access to Canadian CF patients. Oh, really? Yeah. So every other developed nation in the world has except for Canada. They haven't even figured why, out. Why is that? Bureaucratic stuff. They can't come to an agreement with Fairtex Pharmaceuticals, the developers of it. And it's just been, it's been awful. So right now there's protests starting and there's, really going to be some noise being made to hopefully get access to the patients because as you know, they, they get sicker and it's terminal and they don't have time. Yeah.
1: And I mean this, I think this drug too has been proven in its short amount of time that it's already been available. And everybody who I know that has taken it has said they feel 20 to 50 times better. It's unbelievable.
0: It's life changing.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: What does your foundation do exactly? So
1: my foundation, we wanted to be different from obviously the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, who <laughs> I believe does a does a great job of providing research and resources. But what I sort of found that was missing was a foundation that is directed to the family, to the patient, and that actually will go out of their way to to you know to spend time with them and provide a community for them. So that's what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to you know sort of just build this community of of parents, of family members who might be struggling you know, with understanding what cystic fibrosis is or struggling with depression, anxiety, which is the number two and three mental illnesses follow mm. cystic fibrosis. So that to us, that's just as important. You can have cystic fibrosis and be healthy. But if you're battling depression, anxiety, you're still struggling and living your best life. And that's our biggest mm. goal and our biggest mission of the foundation is to help provide these kids and these parents and these adults living with CF, the ability to live their best life. And right now we're doing something called a legacy project where I go to all 50 states in the United States and I surprise somebody with a new Aflo best, which is the wireless cordless breathing treatment. So mm-hmm. that's something we're doing right now. And then we're getting ready to watch a new series here within the year called Inspiring Life. So it's, it's exciting. And at the same time, it, for me, it was sort of foreign because like I said earlier, I didn't really build legacy to be in nationwide um, (laughs) charity, I sort of just fell into it, but I sort of feel like this is a responsibility to really stay up and really help out everybody living with CF.
0: Mm -hmm. I have something similar actually in Canada called the Julia Lyons Foundation after my sister. And that's sort of what we do because I was running into the same thing where CF Canada can't help patients directly. So being immersed in the industry, you know, in the community I was constantly coming into contact with people that needed help and so I was doing fundraisers for them and then I thought, well, I might as well do this. But then yeah, what I've also found is people go through the double lung transplants to save their lives and then they're left in this depression and this will to live. And it's like it's such a battle. And so yeah, I wanted to be yeah. able to provide support on that end of the spectrum as well.
1: Yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of our you know, our main mission is just being a little bit different than what the CF CF Foundation is and really having that impact on their lives.
0: hmm Is this what you focus on most now?
1: It is. So between this and then I'm between Colorado and California just with so some T V stuff here here and there. But yeah, the T V stuff pays the bills and then this mm-hmm. is something that's sort of just my passion right now to keep growing and keep helping out.
0: What were you doing before you went onto the show?
1: Well I was taking a year off. <laughs> I always joke oh, with my dad because <laughs> I played I played football for seventeen years and I, I like looked at him one day and I was like, dude, I have you know, busting my butt. I've trained. I've worked. I got up at 5 a.m. almost every day for the last 10 years. And I just take this year to myself and just figure out who I am, what I want to do? I uh, went back and finished my degree online because I left school earlier to play football. So I took that year off, and few jokes about it now, but you know, I took one year off and it turned into four. So with the, <laughs> the show. So anyway, it's funny. Like how did words. you
0: like? How did you end up doing that?
1: So during that gap year, or during that year that I was off, I was just walking down the mall, 16th Street Mall in Denver. My brother lived downtown at the time. And there was an open casting call for Bachelor, which means there was girls there. And <laughs> I was, like, walked in. I walked, walked in. I was like, this is sort of like a God sign because you know, obviously I was single and didn't know what I was doing. And then I walked in, sat down. Next thing you know, I'm getting a letter saying I'm on and a phone call and a, another interview. And fast forward a few months and I'm on The Bachelor and then that whole thing played out and I did their summer show and then I became The the Bachelor itself. So it was interesting and fun and what an
0: amazing year. What a a strange thing to go from living a normal life and then all of a sudden you're you're thrust into this whole new world of now you're you're, you're famous.
1: Exactly. Well, I don't know about that, but yes, I I now have a platform. (laughs) I'm more viewed as a platform and as you know, voice to to speak up and do good.
0: What I really loved when I looked started looking into you more is how, after you became the Bachelor, you still stayed true to your original values and who you were, even though they might not have been you know quote unquote cool. Because so I think that's yeah, such yeah. a hard thing to do now to go against the grain of you know what everybody wants. But I love that you were so yeah happy you, about that and you stuck to who you who you are.
1: Yeah, you know, I think for me too. You know, I, I felt for so long during playing football. I almost had to be somebody else when I was on the field or training mm. or in the locker room. So I wanted to make sure you know, I stayed true to who I was on and off of whatever arena or new arena I walked into. So it was important for me to really understand who I was, what I wanted out of life, and stay focused on that.
0: Do you find it bothersome to you now that you're referred to as Colton the Bachelor? Yeah. you know, I, th- I
1: think like anything in life, it's just going to be chapters. So mm-hmm. I mean, I just, you know, I just have, I have a book coming out at the end of March. So hopefully, you know, if that hits the bestseller list, I can be Colton and author now. You know, I just, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many different labels that people could use. And I'm not a huge fan of labels. I feel like that puts people in boxes. I don't like being put in a box because I am multi-layered and I'm a walking contradiction. I mean, that's the best (laughs) way to put it. And some days I like yellow, some days I like blue. You never know what you're going to get. And I feel like that's the joy and that's the purpose of life is you know to experience new things, to try new things and not to be really confined to one set of, or one way of, of
0: thinking. Absolutely. You know, I find that with being an entrepreneur that that's what I get classified as that, you know, yep. that's who I am as opposed to what I do. Right. Which, when we go to events or we do interviews, it's always like, so what do you do? Tell us about your accomplishments, you know, not about your passions and how you show up in the world. Yeah. yeah. The differences exactly. that you're making. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So who do you want people to know about who you are as Colton the person? The real person.
1: I mean, I feel like I feel like on that show they got a minor glimpse, I would say maybe five percent. In the book they'll get a little more percentage, not mm. I gotta read that.
0: Transparent.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it gives people a little bit better understanding of, you know, me growing up and what I've sort of gone through and how I overcame it. I'd say for me, I'm I'm a lighthearted. I feel like I'm a kind dude who I love giving more than I like receiving, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure you know when I leave the earth that I made an impact. I changed at least one person's lives, and hopefully I can continue to change more lives every single day that I have. You know, my nonprofit going mm-hmm. or in just simple random acts of kindness. So I don't know. I just I just hope to to do good in the world. That right now it's so easy to be negative and.
0: Yeah, it's true. Have you found that you've received a lot of negativity?
1: I mean, I feel like that's part of any, anytime you have a platform or a notoriety or you get put up on a pedestal, and there's always people that try to tear you down or try to, you know, take cheap shots at you or your foundation mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And I just use it to work harder. When I use it, I sort of bottle it up and channel that energy the right way.
0: It doesn't get to you? You don't let it bother you at all?
1: It used to. It used to. At, at this point now, I know I'm so confident in who I am and what I want to do and where I want to go that I don't let that noise distract me.
0: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. And now that you've been given this platform, you do have an opportunity to do something really powerful and lasting with it, which is. Yep. Exactly. The best part of it. You know? Yeah. So, where do you want to go with it, ideally? Do you want to continue to expand the charity?
1: Yeah, I want to expand, but you know what? We've really try- we're really trying to use these next few years just. One, we're we're still getting caught up because, like like I said, you know, there's a lot that goes on into being a national organization and mm-hmm. nonprofit, and we weren't built for that. So we are still catching up right now, and we're still working through some kinks and some growing pains. But <laughs> we're getting there, and it's very promising. And launching the Inspiring Life piece and continuing just the storytelling. You know, the, there's so many amazing people living with cystic fibrosis, and one thing that I, I found out, and it's so obvious to me, is everybody that I meet with CF. Well, one, they're inspiring to me, but you just have such a good attitude for an element that is terminal. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's so important to share that message to put things in perspective for everybody else.
0: It changes you.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: It makes you grow up so quickly and you live this whole entire different life than everybody else and you see yeah. things in a totally different way. Yep. So, with with the insurance in the states, how does it work for CF patients? Like, is everything covered?
1: For the most part, that's part of our application or nomination process for the Legacy Project itself. Is we actually ask them, Hey, have you been denied insurance in the past, or mm-hmm. has you know insurance denied you a new vest? And you know, you could, wouldn't believe some of the times we walk in and they have their unit and it's duct taped, or they oh have to, the parent has to hold the hose into the machine because it keeps popping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and insurance won't replace it. So, you know, obviously that we try to find those needs first uh, in financials, but that's something that still needs to be worked out in pre-existing conditions and in the new healthcare bill that's being passed in the States too. It's something that we or I keep a close eye on just to make sure, you know, hey, how does this impact my community that I'm part of now, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. It's mind-blowing to me that you can be fighting for your life and then you have to worry about things like, how can I afford this part of my treatment?
1: (laughs) Right. I right. just feel
0: like you shouldn't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah. Fighting, yeah. it's um Fighting
0: to stay alive should be your...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that we still in the States need to get figured out for, for terminal illnesses and how to provide the best resources and tools. And, you know, until we do, I mean, that's why I'm sort of I'm trying to be here. The Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is trying to be here and we have good human beings that are looking out for other human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you're doing this and you're using your name and your your platform to do this. So do you think now, do you think that you'll get into acting and more into the, to the entertainment industry? We'll
1: we'll see. I'm never going to say no to an opportunity. I'm never going (laughs) to say no to try a new thing. So if, if that's, if that's sort of in the plans, it's in the plans. I don't, I mean, I'm just having fun out here. And there's been so many incredible people that I've met. There's so many different things that I've been able to do that I never thought I'd be able to do. Mm-hmm. So well, I guess the answer is we'll see.
0: Isn't it funny that we put so much pressure on ourselves? Like what's next? What's next? It's we never can uh, yeah, be the, and look right, back and be like, okay, right. well, I was just a star of a huge show.
1: <laughs> right. And yes, everybody immediately, well, what are you going to do now? How are you going to top that? It's Like, why do I have to top that? Why can't I just go do something that's going to make me happy? You know, mm-hmm. so.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. A lot of the entrepreneurs that I know and the CEOs, once they exit their company, they have that pressure of, okay, well, what are you going to do now? What are you going to launch? And it's like, yeah. you know, one of my friends, yeah. he's like, I just sold my company for $200 million. <laughs> Can I take some yeah. time off? Yeah.
1: I'm not going to be able to sit still. I'm not going to be able to sit still. I already know that about myself, but you know, I want to find something. I really want to do something that's meaningful. And I really, I, I really just want to make a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. You do have some upcoming shows though that you're you're going to be on?
1: I don't right now. I don't have anything... That I'm really in the works with. I'm still under contract with ABC. And once that's out and after the book tour, I'm really focusing in on that. So, book tour and legacy is something that
0: mm. you know
1: is my primary focus, and then we'll go from there.
0: Is the book really about your life?
1: Like is it, it is? It, yeah. is it so very it's a, much a memoir. It is very much a memoir, and it and it gets into sort of just the background and some information that I feel like you know was important to share that got left off or. I didn't open up about because I didn't want it to be on a, on a TV show. I wanted it to be coming from me, and they're my stories to tell. So, so, yeah.
0: That would be so hard, I think, to be so vulnerable on a TV show. I had been asked yeah, you know, a few years good, ago about going on The Bachelorette, and I was like, I don't know if I could do that. I would be so nervous. Yeah,
1: yeah you get nervous, but it's just sort of freeing, too, just to put yourself out there and be like, love me or hate me. Here I am. This is who I am. And I own my truth now, you know. So Uh yeah, it was nice.
0: But you really went in taking it seriously, which is nice. It seems like.
1: Yeah, I think I think there was you know you know as much fun as the show is as much as you get to travel. I think just reminding yourself why you're there in the first place, like why did I end up on the show? I ended up on the show because I was lonely and I didn't want to be lonely anymore. Well, it's like okay, well, remind yourself how do you fix that? You end up with somebody. So Uh no matter how fun it was or where I was going. I always was mission and goal oriented of finding somebody, you know, and at the same time having a good time. So
0: what did your family think?
1: uh, My mom wasn't a big fan of me doing it Uh, (laughs) to be truthfully honest. She doesn't really, she didn't have cable. She doesn't really like TV and all the Hollywood stuff. (laughs) I love her to death. She's my best friend, but we differ in that area. Um, (laughs) My dad loved it. My dad had fun with it. And then I come from a huge family back in Illinois and they all loved it as well. So I'm from one of those towns where you grow up and you never leave. And uh, I ended up leaving and then they had to watch me on TV, I guess. I don't know.
0: That would be so bizarre. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're all over the place and in magazines. Did you experience paparazzi? Paparazzi.
1: I did, yeah. So they've caught me a few times, but nothing. I mean, they're always so respectful. I, you know, I respect that, that they have a job to do, and that's how they they put food in on their tables for their mm-hmm. families. So you always have to, you know, everybody everybody out there is hustling to take care of themselves or other people. So you have to respect that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's such a great way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, I think if if it was every day in your face constantly, you'd probably get
1: oh, that, of course, I would cross the line, but they've. <laughs> Yeah, they've, they've been very respectful though.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you had any crazy stories written about you? I don't know about
1: written. If they're negative, I try to stay away from them just because, like I said, I don't like to put myself in that mindset. But, you know, I've had, I've had a few things out in public happen that weren't the, the most ideal or best for me. So I had to remove myself from certain situations. I think it's just, it makes you become a little more aware and then sort of assess what's going on and you sort of become a little more alert when you're in public.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess you've probably found that people start to treat you differently too
1: well it's yeah it's it's my whole advice to anybody who's gone into it now is continue to be with the people who were there for you before the show
0: because mm-hmm. then you never
1: have to question you never have to question their you know what they're there for or what they're doing in your life, so you know that they're a good one already.
0: mm-hmm. did you find a bunch of random people sort of popped up from your past?
1: I think it was between that and then obviously you know being out in California more often it was like trying to find new friends trying to find good people trying to find people who fit my values and my morals and how I grew up.
0: Mhm. I started my first company 11 years ago, but a few years ago I had the first article published about me in Forbes and it was funny after that went out, all of a sudden I had random people that I hadn't spoken to in years reaching out to me and you know one being was was a cousin that I hadn't talked to in years. She didn't when my sister passed away from CF, she didn't even come she to material or reach out to me even or, you know, Are you okay? Wow. You just lost your sister. And then so she starts writing me and you know, I'm just being kind and saying, so like, How are you? And then it comes so out, she's asking me for money. And it was just it was so disheartening that
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that happens, and so it's like you kind of get. I know for me, I get this backup now to me of like, why? Why is this person contacting me? What do they want from me?
1: Right, right, yeah. And I try to find that good in everybody in every situation, but you know, you still have to be aware and you still have to be conscious of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I find myself. Having these barriers up to stop people from getting in, or people from getting in, or trusting people.
1: Right, and that's not that's not a way to live. You know, you have to keep getting out there and keep putting yourself out there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because they always sensationalize things when they write things, so it's never really <laughs> the truth of uh, I find very seldom like right. there, was, there was an article that that was published on me in a newspaper and it was model turns mogul <laughs> which neither of yeah. those i would say is true i was like talk about sensationalizing a headline
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: i think that, that the things we do with you know the legacy and those type of things are what's really actually meaningful and what's going to survive long before long after we do <laughs>
1: Right, right. And that, you know, that's the whole purpose of me naming it the Legacy Foundation is not for myself. It's more for to inspire others to leave a legacy. You know, when you leave this world behind, make sure you leave it a better place. So mm-hmm. that's the sort of the overall concept and theme that I was going for, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. How many people work for your for your foundation now?
1: I just have one. So I just, wow. um, I, I know, I feel like it's really important to, I have an amazing board of directors. And I have one employee. I just feel like it's important to be financially responsible and not dump a ton Absolutely, of money into, yeah. into other areas that I feel like I'm talented enough to overcome. And I strategically have a board in place that's not paid and that can help out. So
0: Yeah, that's the shame. I, I actually I was on a call last night for a rally that we're planning upcoming for. The Trikafta that we talked about, but it was just we were talking about the the misallocation of dollars and so many charities that, you know, they go through millions and millions of dollars that it could be spent so much better. And I think that this really needs to be pulled back a little, which is so nice about the smaller ones, because we can be so much, much more flexible and better with the dollars and where it goes.
1: Well, it's like, yeah, it's like anything that's a little more intimate and has a little more eyeballs, you know, that care on it tend to stay the most responsible. So, yeah.
0: So where can people donate to the, the foundation? Okay.
1: So if they go to org, they can find our apparel, some merchandise there, which is 100% donated. They could also just make and pledge donation. Then we also have all of the videos and the recipients from all the states right now. We actually currently are talking about, we haven't decided or voted on it yet, but we're talking about doing a Canadian. Athlete. We're talking about doing that, but like you That'd guys said, fantastic. there's some... There's some regulations, and with your guys's insurance, it's sort of difficult for us to get in there and help. So we're trying to figure out how to overcome that. But you know, if we do, we would love to to come on up.
0: That would be amazing. We would love that. I had a friend actually; yeah. and he just had fundraised, and he raised ten thousand dollars for an Aflo vest. That was what it cost him.
1: Oh wow! Yep, yep. So that's what they're they're about ten to fifteen thousand, depending on you know, your style, whatever you have out here. And that's why we feel like it's so important to just sort of share that and be able to gift that to somebody.
0: Mm -hmm. $10,000 to breathe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It seems silly.
0: Well, what you're doing is so amazing. So where can people find more information about you?
1: I mean, I mean, I (laughs) mean, I, Google. I don't know. I don't want that. Bad, but or they can go they to your Instagram, to which is or they it. can go to my Instagram. Yeah. Yep. So it's Colton Underwood, and then also my Twitter is Colton. The Judgment Free Zone over there. So don't judge me when you go on there. <laughs> um, and then legacy dot org is. You can see all the work that we're we're doing, and we're trying to inspire. And yeah, it's been it's been one heck of a few uh, one heck of a last few years, and I can't thank people enough for supporting and helping out and being there for me.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for everything you do for the community and for chatting with me today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Best of luck. And hopefully I can get up to Canada and meet you and then obviously help out however I can.
0: I would love that. Let's join forces.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: (laughs)